You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you the first year following my accident was almost entirely in the hospital and from one hospital to another, a little bit back and forth, depending on what kind of care that I needed. And then when I did return home and move back, it was like getting back into school, getting used to being in a, in a wheelchair, doing things differently. And then maybe I'd been home for about two years and my family decided uh, they'd heard about a wheelchair sports camp in a city close to us because we lived in a small town. And uh, they decided to put me in. So I went for two weeks and played all different kinds of parasports, everything from floor hockey to sledge hockey to tennis to wheelchair basketball. And that was kind of my first taste of parasport as well as my first chance to be around other kids who had disabilities because, it, like I said, in a small town, I was the only person. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 157. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Ah, that was a fun afternoon. Yeah. So we're recording later than usual. Not that it would have, will affect you guys, but uh, I got a flat tire on the way home from work. I don't know what happened, but there is like, that tire is blown out. There is a hole in the tire. I mean, I know if you get a flat tire, you got a hole in it. Well, so. but also but, the tire's not old. Like a lot of times when people have a blow out right. it sounds like their tire was worn yeah and it's the car is not even it's got, three years old like thir- it's, it's got thirty thousand miles on yeah. it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it was odd that it happened yes so uh so i got to sit in a mcdonald's parking lot and wait for verizon roadside assistance because it's built into the phone thing so i just right. i just did that so it worked though that's good that's all that counts i'm glad i made it home safe i'm glad that you did yes so uh if we sound cranky, that's why, because it made that's us. That's why you're cranky. Oh well, yeah. Well, then me being cranky made you cranky. <laughs> no, I have my own set of oh, stuff okay. we haven't even discussed. Sorry. <laughs> so we'll save that. Maybe we'll start a whole. Maybe we'll start a third podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, with that out of the way, uh, what do you have in store for people? 
Well, we're going to talk about the surprise new instructor that we got this week for Peloton. We're going to talk about another lawsuit in the works. Some interesting stuff happening on Instagram regarding Peloton. And uh, what's going on with the market and some interesting badges that Peloton has in the works. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that, shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts. Be sure and go there and rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we have a new review. Oh, yay. This one's short and sweet. I like it. It's from Balanced Bridge. Okay. And uh, the leaderboard name is PDX Bridget. Oh, all right. Okay. And uh, the, Balance Bridge, I get it. Yeah. And so the the leaderboard name is almost longer than the review. <laughs> okay. The title of the review is Favorite Podcast of All Time. Well, that's an excellent title. And then the actual review, the body of the review says read title. <laughs> Enough said. That is succinct. Yes. I like that. To the point. Bridget, you get it done very efficiently. Yes. I like it. Cut to the chase. There's no beating around the bush. Yeah. Well, very nice. Thank you so much for the very kind review. Yes. And uh, also, don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there. Like the page and join the group. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter, which comes out weekly and has all the links and show notes and pictures and articles, all that stuff in one easy to digest format. And uh, just do that at theclipout.com. And of course, when you're on your bike or your tread, don't forget to use hashtag the so people know you listen. So I guess uh, let's dig in, shall we? Okie doke. It's time for news of the Peloton. So everyone was surprised, I think even Peloton, <laughs> by the announcement of their new instructor. It was it was so <laughs> weird. Like they did it so backwards from their usual process, right. you know, because the class was up before anything else. Yeah. Or at least, I mean, maybe it was up on their end, but people could see the class on the tread before they could see it on the blog, before there was an official announcement, any of that. Yeah. Very unusual. Uh, not the typical process, but uh, we now have a new instructor, Adrian Williams. So welcome to Peloton. Welcome to the family. I'm sure he's listening. I mean, I know he's not, but, you know, I can feel <laughs> like, you know, I'm reaching. Sure. Him. So apparently this guy is quite the badass. Well, it's Peloton, so it stands to reason. No, more than more than other badasses. Right. Uh, so. I don't know all the details. I haven't gotten to dig into his background, right. but apparently he was like, let me go find this message I got from someone. Okay. He was featured in a podcast last month. It's called Welcome to, what is this called? The Breakdown Podcast with Joe and Ryan. Okay. So my understanding is it doesn't quite have the sound quality that we do. So you might be, you guys might be spoiled. Okay. But if you're going to go and listen to it, it talks about... Adrian Williams, he is considered to be the fastest man, New York City's fastest man. At age 36, he completed the 40-yard dash in 4.18 seconds. Wow. I mean, to put it in perspective, he finished it faster than it took you to tell us he finished it. Right. <laughs> and it is the fastest time posted by anyone in the NFL Combine. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds really impressive. Well, the NFL Combine, I know this one. 
It must, Go for it. It must have been in a movie. Okay. But it's like where they'll have everybody come out and they'll they'll have them do different things, like do a 50-yard dash and do jumping jacks. I don't know. This is where my knowledge base breaks down. Okay. But it but they, they do all, tasks. They do they do tasks and then that and then that way they can kind of compare people apples to apples. Like, well, this guy can do a 50-yard dash and this, but this guy can lift that and this guy can yeah, and so Okay. They, this they, this makes their scorecard right. of sorts. Yes. Well, wow. He's the fastest posted by anyone in the NFL combine. So, that's pretty freaking amazing. I mean, I know we have attractive instructors and I'm not going to make this awkward or oh, anything. Yes. But the man mm-hmm. does not appear to have an inch of body fat <laughs> anywhere. It's all just muscles from head to toe. All muscles. I see. And he's got a big smile lights up the room. From what I'm hearing, I'm getting rave reviews. Everyone who's taken his class, I have not gotten to because I've been doing strength the last two days. I'm going to be taking one of his classes tomorrow. But... I'm hearing nothing but excellent things about his energy, how he teaches. And just to show you how he came out of the gate hot from a popularity standpoint. Hot. Is that the phrase you want to use there? My point being. Uh-huh. He he was announced, what, yesterday? Yeah. So we've been, we, he's he's been part of the Peloton community, what, 36 hours? As of this recording, Here yes. he has almost a thousand members in his fan club his peloton based fan page like i'm not talking like on his instagram right yeah i mean a thousand people in his official facebook peloton tribe yeah Yeah. the tribe that that the members created for him (laughs) i mean i'm pretty sure that's the fastest that's ever happened yeah that seems that seems fast so i don't know apparently he's got good mojo People okay. people are very, very impressed. So uh, I cannot wait to take a class. It's a little weird. This is our first instructor in the United States where there hasn't been a brand new class. Like, here's a class and we're all going to go. All the instructors are going to go and right. welcome him. So I wonder if they'll do that when all this insanity is over. Yeah, I don't know. It could be a while. I know. <laughs> um, so it's just interesting. Yeah. But yeah, Adrian Williams, brand new. Good to know. Peloton has launched another lawsuit. They are on the warpath, and they need to be. They do, because all of these people completely copied everything they did. Interestingly, nobody seemed to have a problem with the other lawsuits that they they put out there. People are getting a little crabby about this one. About the Nordatrek one? Yeah. Now, why, why do you think that is? I think it's a little bit of fatigue. Like, okay, Peloton, we get it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that they should stop what they're doing. Because no. once you're on a roll and you've started winning these things, you right. kind of have to, you have to make a point. You have to, you have to finish this out so right. that you can, you can make the statement so that companies stop trying to take you for granted and right. take advantage of you. And, and Nordatrack is like, that's an important one to go after because they already have such a strong foothold in the marketplace. They've been doing it for so long that I'm sure there are people that'll be like, well, it looks like it's doing the Peloton stuff, but it's been around a lot longer. Therefore, it must be better or or safer or more, right. more stable as a company. I know. I know that if like my parents were going to buy a machine, they would feel more comfortable buying a Nordatrack than a Peloton. Right. Just because that's a name they recognize. I mean, that's not necessarily a good thing, but I'm just saying there are people that feel that way. I don't know if everybody knows this, but Icon Health is actually the maker of Nordatrack. So like Nordic track is owned by Icon Health. So so Peloton is actually suing Icon Health. Right. But 
the reason I point that out is because, you know, people may not know who Icon Health is, but you recognize Nordic Track. So uh, Peloton is claiming that Nordic Track slash Icon Health copied its interactive fitness programs and lied in advertising to undercut a more popular rival, that they have attempted to free ride off of Peloton's innovative technology by integrating patented features that make archive classes seem live to users and a way to let two people in two different locations access the archive class and compete against each other in real time, Peloton claims. That's very interesting because... The thing that I saw that people were complaining about about this particular lawsuit was like, okay, well, you can't just sue everybody that has a leaderboard. This isn't about the leaderboard. This is about other things that they've done that have come from. Honestly, they've been inspired by the community that Peloton put into place that other now there's other companies using them. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing I think is really funny is within this, there's a quote from the actual court filing that Peloton had. This is from an official court document and Peloton says consumers were tired of the same boring at home fitness equipment that had languished in basement for decades like the icon products zing boom wow yeah it's like it's like they've hired Don Rickles to write their or for our younger listeners Jeffrey Ross <laughs> well they're throwing some shade yeah they are <laughs> <laughs> well I say good for them I do too I know people are frustrated with yet another lawsuit, but I get why Peloton's doing it, and I think it's for the best. You got to defend your intellectual property like that. If you don't, if if you let any of it go by, it's why Disney will sue a daycare for painting Mickey Mouse on the wall. If they let that slide, then then the next place is going to say, well, you let them get away with it. So, I mean, you got to. Well, we'll keep an eye on this one and the one that they already have filed with Echelon, see yeah. how it, how it all pans out. So if you've been on Instagram lately, or as the cool kids call it, the gram. <laughs> what? Nothing. Isn't that what the cool kids call it? Sure. Are you not a cool kid? Do you I'm not, not call it the a gram? cool kid. I'm not a cool kid. I'm too old to be a cool kid. Yeah, that's and I'm too not cool to be a cool kid. <laughs> I'm also too old, so I Yeah. I think you should have led with that. I check neither of those boxes, but but uh they call it the gram. And all I think about is graham crackers. Well, they're, do you put anything on the graham crackers? Like cinnamon, s'mores? I like the cinnamon graham crackers. No, s'more, I don't like s'mores. I I don't understand. What? I don't like. There's too much going on. There's it's it's chocolate. How can chocolate not and a be, marshmallow? Right, which is also good. I don't really like marshmallows. Like not even in hot cocoa. No. Ever. No. How am I just hearing this about you? I don't know. It's never come up. But I don't. Maybe I don't like marshmallows because it would almost be like I was a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> so I I stay away from the marshmallows Steer clear Right No marshmallows Right Well for the record I don't think you're a marshmallow <laughs> But uh, but anyway The gram Yeah As they call it Yeah There's been all sorts of contests on there Huge influx People giving away Pelotons Yeah But they're like constant I don't know. I don't use it. I yeah, don't use it. I know in one week I had 20 of these contests in that, in my feed. Yeah. I mean, I my feed is Peloton heavy. So like, is that's, it now? Yeah, I know. It's shocking. <laughs> so so I can understand. But apparently they have a name for these contests. It's called a loop contest. And what you do is you say, OK, you have to follow all of these people X, Y, Z. And it can be any number of people that they require you to follow. 
And by following them and any other steps they tell you to take, any other requirements, then you get entered into a drawing to win the grand prize, which in this case is a Peloton. So in theory, sometimes these people have like a third party they farm it out to. To pay for the Peloton, they get some kind of deal for it. Right. And the, and the third party also gets a cut. Or sometimes it's the influencers themselves who just pool their money together and then they are able to get, they each pay for a portion of the Peloton. Right. You said some the of these, is, you have to follow like as many as 50 people. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's there some really high numbers because all these people are pitching in. Right. So if you get 50 people, you're all thrown in like 50 bucks. But yeah. But like that's, following 50 people is like that. That's not a contest. That's a part-time job. Well, yeah. You're going to get carpal tunnel syndrome. And and I think that's why some people have a problem with it. Well, there's a couple of problems people have with it. On the one hand, they don't feel like it's a following that you're growing that is real right. and sustained. Like, are you going to really keep following this person? So that's part of it. Yeah. it. It seems fake. And then the other part of it is that you don't know where these people are from, who these Instagram influencers are right. it can be anybody it could be you know we could pick three people and be like okay we're doing a contest like it doesn't there's no kind of process in place right so and there's a lot of them yeah i don't know i like i'm of two minds because it's like 50 people is a lot and if you're getting inundated with them i'm sure that's exhausting but at the same time like i mean that's how any contest works i mean if a radio station's giving away tickets to fog hat that's an ad for the Fog Hat show. Like the Fog Hat people paid for that to happen. But it's not an ad for Peloton. Like that's just it. Okay, but on the flip side of that, the the radio station, they use the Fog Hat tickets to get you to listen longer and hope that you like the station and you keep listening, which is similar in that regard. And and so so to remove the cross promotion out of the equation, I mean when radio stations, you know, if they want to give away a car or a trip to Jamaica, a lot of times that's a prize they went out and purchased. So, yeah. you know, so they could give it away because they want to draw you in to listen and hopefully you like what you listen and you keep listening when the prize but is no longer I there. I think the difference is you were already there listening to that station. This mm. this is coming from like you just happen to see this random person in your feed and you don't necessarily know anything about them. Now, I mean, you don't have to choose to click on it. So right. like, it's not like somebody's tying your hands and forcing you to do it. Right. But back to the radio station analogy. I mean, if they're giving away a car, then they're probably they probably got billboards all over town saying, listen to our station. We're giving away a car. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I, you know, I mean. But, I don't know. It's more mass appeal, in my opinion, right. than Instagram. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly don't spend a lot of money advertising. I don't spend any money advertising right. my Instagram because that doesn't feel real to me. Like, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. There's just a difference. It's, yeah. it's tied to something like if that's what hashtags are for, like people should find me organically. Right. This doesn't feel organic. This feels it is certainly not organic. And, and I'm not suggesting that you that you do it. But I'm saying that like. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that that grows audiences inorganically. I mean, you know, and they put out a new movie. They they buy ads on television. They don't just it's wait true. for people to, dis- to discover it. That's all true. You know? I I don't know. I'm just telling you, people people get an icky feeling about it. And yeah, and I get that. And I think some of that too is because social media is so new compared to other medias. Well, I think it's also that when it's a radio station, you know that radio station is real. Right. Like they can't get away with not giving you the car sure. after they they put it up there or they're going to get really bad press right. if they try. Yeah. What are you going to do to a what are you going to do to this Instagram person? Totally. You don't even know who they are. Yeah. Like, now we like, will say so far it do, it seems like best people can suss out these have all been legitimate. Yeah. I, like, I didn't read any stories about these being fake at yeah. all. That is that's absolutely true. And, but I just think that that's part of why it 
it feels a little off because if you're talking about a radio station, you have a lot more comfort level of this is real than, I don't know, if somebody called you up on the phone, yeah, they got your number, but do you believe them when they're like, you you have an opportunity to win this prize? No, I hang up on them. Oh, totally. Those are are always scams. But, I, I think that's yeah. what people feel like. I'm not saying they are scams right. by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying I think the number of them available combined with the fact that it's not people they already know and trust, I right. think that that's, that tends to be why you have this eh feeling. Yeah, because we should probably address the fact that like well, we just gave away a total. Absolutely. Like, so uh, I'll say it for people yelling at their radio right now or their, totally. their, their podcast delivery device. Like, but you just did this. And we did have an element of the contest where for extra entries... You could follow Crystal on Instagram or on Twitter or whatnot. But I I guess I feel like that's different because it's not like we do have billboards. People wouldn't know about the contest if they're not listening to the show or they don't see us on social media in some way, shape or form or see tonal. And so I feel like that's a little bit different. They're related. You know, they're they're tied together. Sure. So having this third party in there that you don't know anything about, I feel like that's the other piece that's kind of missing. Yeah. But I mean, I also would not just be giving away random things with people that I don't know. Right. Like if I if I were personally going to do something like this, it would be a group of companies that I felt that were long term and that they had shown themselves to be reliable to me. And I also feel like we're a little bit more concrete than just a random Instagram account. Absolutely. Like, so if we didn't actually give away the tonal, which well, we did. Yeah. Just, you know, but, filmed it and yeah. recorded it and <laughs> but, all the things. But if for some reason we didn't, at some point people would figure that out. Yeah. And, and call us on our and, bullshit. And, and rightly so. Absolutely. Yeah. So. But uh, so if anyway, if you're seeing these all over your Instagram feed, that is why your gram feed. (laughs) I want a cracker. (laughs) uh, That's what's going on. So you'll probably see more of them until uh, Instagram shuts it down or it just gets so overrun that people get bored and they stop being effective. Peloton stock continues to surge. Yeah. Last week it was up to forty nine dollars. Wow. A share. Now it's, it's leveled off a little bit, but yeah, still, it's back down to forty-five. Yeah. I mean, it's still doing great. Well though. above its IPO. Yeah, uh, well above. And there's been a couple of reasons why. There was supposed to be an article here, and I don't know where it went, but it went up based on who bought it, and then it went down based on who bought it. So I thought that that or who sold it. I don't know. Right. I think it was who bought it. I think the day that it went up, there was a big chunk bought by somebody important in in the real in the in the real estate in the stock market. <laughs> right. And then the day it went down was the day that, uh, what is that vaccine, the name of the company? It starts with like a... I don't remember, but I know, I know what you're talking about. There like, was a, a company that announced that the vaccine is looking promising. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that day, it dropped yeah. quite a bit, like I, $5. John Mills on his page uh, actually had two screen grabs of showing the stock like graph in, in time, yeah. in real time. Yeah. And it's like the stock price for... The company that makes the vaccine shoots up at the exact moment that Peloton starts to drop. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. I'm not going to get into the stock market, in my opinion, on yeah. it, but I'll just say that makes no sense to me. Well, I mean, I think it, it makes sense in so much as there are still a lot of investors that think it's popular as long as you're stuck at home. Once you're not stuck at home. It will cease to be popular. Yeah. And I disagree wholeheartedly. I yeah, think they're that be wrong. That ship has sailed. And I think even if they do make, you know, come up with a vaccine and things start to return to normal, I still think a lot of people are going to be very skittish about going to 
sweaty places where there's lots of spit and stuff and yeah uh, if they don't have to and this is a way that they don't have to i agree i think it's a no-brainer jezebel had a story about uh the struggle and perhaps soon demise of the boutique fitness studio so this article is actually about soul cycle and in particular, now Jezebel, Jezebel and I have a mixed history <laughs> because I they've written things about Peloton that are very unfair. So I want to say that in all fairness, because this is about Soul Cycle and could also be unfair. But supposedly, not only did Soul Cycle back a couple months ago lay off a bunch of people, most recently they just laid off a whole bunch of employees with. Zero severance, zero warning, zero anything. And this whole article is about how like they walk around chanting how, you know, one this one that we're a family. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just like they just completely got rid of these people. They either had a choice of three months of health insurance coverage or a one time payment of fifteen hundred dollars. Which if you've ever tried to get Cobra. Yeah, you're that fifteen hundred dollars wouldn't even cover and some probably wouldn't even cover a month of Cobra. Yeah. So uh, this is just further proof. Uh, if you want to add to the evidence, the growing pile that Soul Cycle is not coming Circling back. Circling the drain. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they're, that's they're still saying everything's good though. All well, their all their emails are coming out. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> of course they are. So we have a little bit more information about the quest badge. Yeah. So I did the second. I did the second quest and I was like, okay. how, remember last week I was talking about how will the badge be different? Right. Like there should be like a big thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same badge. It's so it's a leaf. Right. But now it has two circles that are linked together. Okay. So I can only assume that my third one will give me three circles and my fourth one will give me four. Ah. Or maybe there's a special big leaf. I don't know. A fig leaf? Big. Oh, I was like, how are you riding that bike? <laughs> but I, I thought it was pretty cool, though. Like, it's nice that it's not just the same thing. Like, it totally. recognizes that you have moved forward right. in said quest yeah. instead of just another leaf. So I'm glad they... I should have known. You know, Peloton always thinks these things through. I guess their marketing department doesn't need us after all, Tom. <laughs> so the first one sent you to a certain musical artist. Yes. They should... Uh, if they should have a Snoop Dogg one, and then you get a pot leaf. <laughs> That would be funny. I also, I got a note from Sandra McKittrick this week, and she wanted me to point out to everyone that you only have a week to do this. So she did not make the cutoff. You cannot go back and get the badge. So like for the first the first quest, yeah. it's done. And if you try to go back and take that musical artist right now, you don't get anything. Oh. So you only get a week to complete these. So be timely. If you see that clue, get out there and get that badge. So I didn't was, have to keep it secret. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot. Yeah, oh, that's okay. I have a migraine while we're talking. I understand. So and while and while we're talking about the quest badges, there is a, a new challenge. Yeah. So you might remember a few months ago, I told you that there was a pop-up challenge and I don't remember even what the challenge was, but it was very short and sweet. It was four weeks, you're done. And they have a new pop-up challenge where you work on your cardio strength by with running classes. It's got to be four running classes that are either speed or intervals over four weeks. You have to do all the workouts between May 20th and June 16th, and then you get your pop-up challenge badge for that specifically and if you you're not sure what classes count you can go to the classes tab on your tread filter by class type find speed or intervals zach bitter that's his his name it's a weird 
weird sounds judgmental. But yeah, unusual. It's, it's unusual. Yeah, uh, Zach Bitter. Uh, Unique. Yes, did a hundred mile ultra marathon and set a new world record. He did. He finished it in twelve hours, nine minutes, and fifteen seconds on a treadmill. Wow! Like, can you imagine running for twelve hours on a treadmill? No, I well, not me. No, I can't imagine that. Yeah, but I have to say. It was a little sad. It was a Nordic track treadmill. Oh, sad trombone. And so Nordic track has been touting this all over there. Ah. All over the gram, Tom. <laughs> all over the gram. Yeah. <laughs> it, I thought it was cool, though, that yeah. he not only broke a world's record with his time, but he broke it on a treadmill. Like, he did the whole thing on a treadmill. Well, Bad Boys 3 had a Peloton treadmill. Sure did. So they win. Agreed. There's also a new fundraiser from Run Across New York. Yeah. Um, and so there's a Peloton group. And it's called For the Frontline. And it's a whole group of people that are literally running across New York from May to August. You have to do 500 miles. And uh, our good friend, you remember Carol. You met Carol when we were in Atlantic City. Okay. And uh, she was part of the Atlantic City crew. And uh, she has put together this group. A lot of the Atlantic City crew is in this crew, of course, because they travel in packs. Sure. Love these people. But uh, they're they're all running. And so you too can run with them. It's not too late. You go in and log your own miles based on the honor system. So you either do it or you don't. And if you started back on May 15th, it, it's about three miles a day. So last I checked, they were 25th on the leaderboard, which is not too shabby. Yeah. Awesome. So, Thought it was pretty cool. So Alex Toussaint has a new collaboration. Yeah, it was really cool. It was with uh, ESPN and it took place last week. I think it was over the weekend. Yes, it, it was over the weekend. And uh, for some reason, it was in the studio, even though, even though none of the other classes are taking place in the studio. It was a collaboration with ESPN that he being Alex put together a special playlist from the Michael Jordan documentary that everybody's been talking about. Last Dance? That's the one. Yeah. And so this this ride is called The Last Dance Ride, which, by the way, freaked a lot of people out. Oh, because they Everyone thought-, thought Alex was quitting. Alex isn't quitting. He is... <laughs> He is going to stay at Peloton right. for a long time. Yeah, I guess so. If you're if you're not aware of that documentary, yeah. that that title is going to make you think that. Well, I guess he also talked about it during class. And even though he talked about it, that was still the takeaway for some folks. But regardless, he is not leaving. He's not going anywhere. And uh, it was it was pretty cool from what I hear. I didn't get to take it this weekend, but I heard so many great things about this. I kind of want to watch the documentary before I take the ride. Because I don't know that I'd recognize, I don't know that the songs would be as powerful to me if I didn't hear them in tandem with the the actual watching of the documentary. Does yeah. that make sense? No, I get that. It's funny, like, I don't like sports, but I do like a good sports documentary. Oh, well, maybe we'll watch yeah. that then. Because it's like, it takes all the boring parts of sports away. It's true. It does. And just and, and they add they you know they put a narrative on it so now you know what's going on behind the scenes and it, it, you know so it's like I, I I do like a good sports documentary. Well, we should check that out and then maybe I can finally take the class. But it was it was pretty cool that he got to do that. Very very special. Alex is really becoming known for being the guy around all the sports. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was on what Sports Illustrated's website too. Yeah. Yeah. He had a whole interview in which he discussed the Michael Jordan collaboration well Michael Jordan in general the collaboration that he did with ESPN uh, and of course you know he had that special ride that he did with Cam Newton he Mm -hmm. had that special ride he did with LeBron and now he's doing ladder which uh, he's representing for ladder which is 
also fronted by LeBron James. It might even be LeBron James's company, but it's it's um guys, I'm so sorry. When I have a migraine, I literally <laughs> cannot find words in my brain. It's a supplement. Like there's there's all kinds of supplements. It's a line of supplements that you take before or after a workout oh, okay. um, that help you with your like performance. Nutritional supplements. Yes. There we go. <sighs> ah. So frustrating. I can't think of the words I want to think of. Oh, we're almost at the end. I know. And uh, if uh, if you want to see that, uh, just subscribe to the newsletter at theclipout.com and you will get a link directly sent to you. That'd be a good idea. We have another celebrity sighting. Donald Faison? Faison? I think it's Faison. Faison. That's what I, I might said. be making that up. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And so if you don't know who he is, he's uh, one of the doctors from Scrubs. So there's what? Zach Braff and then the other guy. It's okay. the other guy. Yeah. I yeah. never watched Scrubs. So what? Yeah. Oh my God. Sorry. Oh, was that in the nineties? Was that your nineties bubble that you like have weird things missing? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it was really good, and you should go back and watch that. The kids would love that. Well, if I go back and watch it, you're going to go back and watch it. I'm totally going to be watching it. That's a great show. Maybe when we're done with Mash. That's a good idea. Well, at any rate, apparently uh, during the first five minutes of this podcast, fake doctors, real friends, it's all it goes back and rehashes past scrubs episodes okay. and so uh yeah as, that's the new thing in yeah. podcasting the people that have sitcoms and stuff are popular shows they can't make money off of using the show name but they can do these podcasts and they can't stop them from that so like angela from the office and and st louis's own jenna fisher mm-hmm. played pam they have a podcast together called the office ladies that, that do something like this as well anyway i just find it fascinating that that's kind of the the gimmick of the moment I, I agree. Well, um, anyway, during this uh, episode, they talk about Donald Faison, assumably, presumably that's his name. Okay. He talks about his Peloton during the first five minutes. Ah, so awesome. So we now know he has a Peloton. Robin Arzan is featured on the House Party app. Yeah. And I felt really old when I saw this because I was like, what is the House Party app? But basically, it's like a Zoom call that exists all the time and you can pop in and out of. And so if you're on... And one of your friends pops in like you can immediately hang out and be in the same room and mm. you can play games like heads up and stuff yeah. like that together. Max of eight people in a room okay. at any given time. But for whatever reason, this past weekend, they had this all these celebrities on like, I mean, a huge gigantor list of celebrities, including Neil Patrick Harris, by the way, who was on right whenever I checked. He had, <laughs> he had just finished. Right. Um, and guess who one of the celebrities was? Robin Arzon. And she's just, they, they're just rattling off celebrity names. Yeah. And she's just in there like a like a regular old celebrity. Like it's just a household name, which I guess at this point it, she is. For a lot of people, sure. I just, it's interesting. It's kind of like, remember the first time when I think Google did an announcement and they mentioned Peloton without explaining what yes. Peloton was? Yes. It's kind of like that. I feel like this might be the first time we've seen a Peloton instructor mentioned without having to qualify that they're a Peloton instructor. That yeah. they're just like, Robin, Robin Arzon. Yeah. Just there it is. Yeah. Like when you you don't say Neil Patrick Harris of How I Met Your Mother right. fame. You, they're just Neil Patrick Harris. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. I got on the House Party app and I was really disappointed that uh, they didn't have Kid and Play on there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> There's also a new collection in the boutique. 
No. Oh, did I misunderstand that? Yes. Okay, all you wrote in the notes. Okay, editors, if you could cut this point out. All you wrote in the notes was no equipment necessary collection. Yeah, yeah like a workout with no equipment necessary. I thought it was a brand name. Totally not. I, I think you should leave it in. I okay. think that's hilarious. Okay, editors, leave it in. She likes the fact that I was an idiot. <laughs> no, I totally get why you thought that. I mean, that could totally be. That should be the name of a clothing line. We should start it. We should start no it. Equipment necessary. No equipment necessary. It's gender neutral clothing. <laughs> I, it should just be hoodies. You're and qu- matching tennis shoes right. that you wear. Here. There's no equipment necessary. <laughs> Whatever gender you are, that's what you got. Not that equipment. Okay. No no exercise equipment. So so Peloton has filmed so many classes and right. they put together a collection of classes that you do not need any workout equipment. So it's all body weight exercises. Okay. So you don't need a treadmill. You don't need weights. You can do these classes anywhere. Awesome. And, uh, and so... Uh, I can't access it because I only have Android, but everybody else can in in the iOS. If they have iOS, they can find it under collections on their phone, and it's also on the bike, and it's also on the treadmill. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good, and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs, and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. Awesome. Checking in with the Peloton community. So uh, joining us today via the magic of Skype a phone is uh, 
not just a swimmer, not just a triathlon, but a, a Paralympian. Yeah. Tammy Cunnington. Hey, Tammy, how you doing? I'm well. How are you guys? Good. good. I mean, as good as anybody can be right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And feeling like quite the underachiever. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> My goodness. So you are, I mean, very, very accomplished athlete. As we kind of start off the interview, do you mind telling people how you became paraplegic? No, not at all. So I was injured. My accident is different than most. Most people assume I was in a car accident or something when they meet me, but I was actually hit by an airplane at an air show when I was six years old. I mean, that um, is, that's stunning. <laughs> I mean, I read about this and I was just like trying to even picture what that was like. I, do you remember anything? Um, I remember bits and pieces. I remember going there in the morning. We were actually there because my figure skating club at the time was doing a fundraiser. So my parents were in one of the airplane hangars cooking breakfast. Fortunately, they were away from everything. And then it was like small planes, you know, just two or three passenger planes. It wasn't big jets, but they were flying around and doing stunts in the air and putting on a little show. And then the, they'd land and come and have pancake breakfast. And I was walking around with my siblings and I just remember walking around and then I remember laying on the ground and I don't remember a whole lot in between, but one of the planes was being flown by a new pilot and he didn't know how to manage the wind. And when he went to land, the wind caught him and took him off course and he hit into some planes and then hit me. Oh. Yikes. So uh, how how did he make it or? Yeah. Yeah, he was fine. I was the only one like severely injured. My brother had his leg broken, but he recovered after, of course, a, a few weeks of a cast. But everybody else was fine. It was just myself that took the brunt of it. Oh, oh goodness. Well, that's what a tragedy. So were you, so you said you were an ice skater at that time. So mm -hmm. did you just, you were always athletic? Your family was athletic? Yeah, my family's athletic and competitive and into sports. And so I... Like from the time I was able to walk, I was pretty well on skates. My brothers played hockey and we played lots of, you know, yard hockey outside and things like that. <laughs> so we'd always been really competitive. And by the time that I was injured, when I was six, I was already a provincially ranked figure skater. So it was wow. just kind of in my blood. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so you just you just went from zero to 60 right out of the gate. You were just an amazing athlete when you were born. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I had a choice. My family, I had two big, well, I had an older sister and then two big brothers that uh, I idolized that I wanted to, every, to do everything they did. So like I said, I was already, already active and outside and trying to keep up with everybody else. And I, I'm not a very big person. I'm really little. So I was trying to keep up with them even then with my size. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So then what was the road back to sports like for you? Well, it was a lot of years. My The first year following my accident was almost entirely in the hospital and uh, from one hospital to another, a little bit back and forth, depending on what kind of care that I needed. And then when I did return home and move back, it was like getting back into school, getting used to being in a, in a wheelchair, doing things differently. And then maybe I'd been home for about two years and my family decided uh, they'd heard about a wheelchair sports camp in and a city close to us because we lived in a small town and uh, they decided to put me in. So I went for two weeks and played all different kinds of para sports, um, everything from floor hockey to sledge hockey to tennis to wheelchair basketball. And that was kind of my first taste of para sport as well as my first chance to be around 
other kids who had disabilities because it, like I said, in a small town, I was the only person. So I was probably, I don't know, I must've been close to nine at the time we did that. And then from that point on, I played wheelchair basketball and it just continued on from there. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> What's it like to just navigate the world in general in Canada? I know in America, like there was a, a law passed, you know, 30 something years ago to kind of mandate a lot of provisions become commonplace. Was Canada in, ahead of the game in that or behind the game or how does that work? Um, we're probably a little bit behind, but it's most places now, like any new buildings or things like that have become fully accessible. And I know that the laws are still in the works to make things more and more because, of course, when you're dealing with disabilities, there's such a broad range. So sure. now it's not yeah. just, you know, maybe a curb cut's not enough, but they right. need right. something for blind people, something for deaf people, like things like that. There are so many faucets to cover. So um, we're still working at that and pushing that all the time. Okay. Totally. I, yeah. So how did you, you said you were playing, you, when you start, started playing sports again, you were wheelchair basketball. How did you end up kind of transitioning into the sports that you play today? Oh, it's really such a long story, but it's, <laughs> and span over many, many years because I played wheelchair basketball until I was, I think about 18 or so. And it was my, my first life of sport and high level sport. I competed on the national team and competed in a tournament in England when I was 17 the tournament wow. was, was called gold cup. So that was my first big travel experience. And then I retired after that, that summer or the following year, I can't remember retired right around there. It was prior to the Atlanta Olympics and Paralympics. And at that time I, you know, I'd kind of had enough, uh, a lot of girls quit sports for the same reasons. I'm, I'm part of an organization here in Alberta called fast and female that's trying to keep girls in sport for the reasons that I left sports. <laughs> but um, I retired from basketball and went and lived a life away from sport. And then I was just kind of out of shape and things that should be easy for me were not as easy as I thought, like getting in and out of my vehicle with my chair, like putting my chair in and out and getting on in and out of my chair from the floor off the couch, like things that are just commonplace were more difficult. So I decided that I needed to get back into shape. So I, joined a gym in the city that I live in now. And the first year was just fun and fitness and whatever. And then one of the instructors decided to have try your first triathlon club. And I thought that sounded like a lot of fun. So I joined that and little did I know that that was going to lead me on the path to Rio in the end. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm just struggling to understand how you went from an athlete to an Olympian athlete right. because that's, that's, you know, that's not, that's not really feasible for most of us. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I, well, fortunately and unfortunately both, it goes both ways for me and my competitive nature. Like, you know, it worked really well for me in sports, but at the same time, nobody wants to play trivia or card games with me or board games or, or the Wii. We used to have a Nintendo Wii. My husband and I had to put it away because we couldn't play it. <laughs> kind of, uh, it's a double-edged sword. Oh, that's great. That's funny. I'll play trivia with you. Then. 
<laughs> You're on anytime. <laughs> Be careful, Since you Tom. don't want to ride the bike, maybe we yeah. can compete in another way. Yeah. <laughs> Trivia I can do. There you go. Unless they start asking, unless all the TV questions are about Canadian I know. shows. I was like, or, or sports, you yeah. know, she's she's going to have you beat on sports, Tom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think about that. Oh. <laughs> I'm curious, what is your training schedule look like? Like, I just picture you have to train like nonstop. Yeah, I train typically about three hours a day, broken up into different segments, depending on what, uh, where I'm at in my training plan and how close I am to competition. So I do a, a mix of, of course, most of my time is spent in the pool when I have a pool that I can swim in. And then I do a lot a lot of weight training. And then I ride my hand bike mostly for recovery up until this point now having no pool. But so typically it's like two workouts a day that average between an hour and an hour and a half, and then some stretching and rehab and recovery. And, and then the rest of the time is spent either eating food or making food or getting food to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really curious what, how many calories you can safely consume in a day. I just want to live vicariously through you. Yeah, it depends on, again, on this time. But at my peak, I've been in that like 2,000 to 2,200 calories. And but I'm only like 410 and 100 pounds. So, uh, <laughs> so it's still quite... When you put all my food on the table for the day, most people would be shocked at how much I can eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But you can also be a competitive eater. <laughs> <laughs> And so how did your training lead you to Peloton? Well, I've been, um, I love my bike first and foremost. My hand cycle is actually where my passion is. I'm just not good enough at it to be a Paralympian in cycling. So that's why I'm a swimmer. But I absolutely love being on my bike, whether it's on the trainer or outside. And so my, my plan had been to, in September, to retire after I competed in Tokyo. And so I'd been looking at ways to continue my fitness and find things that I still love to do after I've retired from swimming so that, you know, when you don't have quite that same routine or push, you still need something. And I thought I'd been seeing the Peloton on TV and on the internet. And I thought, well, that it looked like a lot of fun because you still get the competitiveness with the leaderboard and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so then in early March, when uh, the pools closed in my city due to COVID, I decided to try the app and just see if I could make it work with my handbike and how it felt and things like that. So I started up and got a few classes under my belt and then totally fell in love with it. And uh, originally it was just a plan to keep me in shape until I got back in the pool because the, they still hadn't postponed the Olympics or the Paralympics yet. So I was like, well, I'll keep my cardio up, keep my lungs up, you know, work, work really hard, have a coach, you know, as a Peloton instructor so that I don't have to think because that's the best part of <laughs> being in a training situation with a coach is just being doing what you're told and not having to plan it. Yes. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's why I wound up there. And now that the games have been postponed to 2021, I'm uh, at the moment, I'm all in into Peloton. I've had, I've done 47 rides in less than four weeks. <laughs> and <Wow>. uh, <laughs> lo loving it. <laughs> okay, so do you have like a favorite instructor or did you try all of the instructors? What route did you go? Um, I haven't tried all of them yet, but I have ex um, extended my range a little bit. So I really love Hannah Frankson. Oh, and, okay. Um, I've also ridden quite a few of Jess King's classes. 
Well, so now that's-, that's a pairing I have not heard before. Now, Hannah's pretty new to Peloton. <laughs> okay. uh, and so uh, I have not heard. And so okay. I kind of keep track of like people's favorite, you know, like they tend to be groupings. Mm-hmm. Like if you like X, you'll like Y. And so that's a pairing I have not heard before. I'm yeah. excited about this. Well, <laughs> probably because I also because I'm trying to match my bike training to how my pool training would be. So some days in the pool, I do short sprints and some days I do long endurance. And so I'm kind of um, testing the waters with different instructors to still get those different days of training. Okay. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. She's literally testing the water. She she is. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So um, I just wish it was real water. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I bet. (laughs) So, but your plan right now is to for sure you're still, you're still going to do it in 2021. I ha- I will be honest. I haven't completely decided. It took me a really long time after I had a really rough go in Rio after all that it took me to get there. And then um, I had had this amazing trials in 2016 that got me on the team. And then things just went all kinds of wrong in Rio. And I got really sick. I got pneumonia in the village and oh. um, didn't didn't reach the achievements that I really wanted to there. So after that, it took me some time to decide because I had always intended to retire after Rio. I was like, I just want one shot at it just one time. And then when it didn't go how I wanted, I thought, okay, well, I'm not sure I'm ready. So the next, you know, the last four years, I was still kind of hummed and hot. And I finally came to a really you know, peaceful decision about Tokyo that yes, absolutely. I'm in for Tokyo. And then absolutely. I'm also happy and ready to retire in September. Yeah. So now it's kind of finding that new piece with continuing to go, you know, to continuing one more year and then retiring next September or, you know, in September, 2021 or, but it's changed, you know, things have changed. We don't know about our, the, the funding we get as Canadian athletes from the government. They haven't determined how they'll determine that because that's usually done based on the results of the, the biggest competition of the summer, which this year would have been Tokyo. So there's uh, a lot of factors. Um, yeah. Wow. I did not realize that. Okay, so the Canadian government, they decide based on like where you ranked. Mm-hmm. In, okay, okay. I have, I honestly have no idea if that's how all countries do it, if that's how the US does it. I have no idea. Yeah, I think the American system is pretty similar to ours. I just, um, I'm not sure exactly what their rankings are because they have more, more athletes who are getting funding than we do, but ours is determined by the, like I said, by the main competition of the summer. And also there are a lot of next gen kids who were, you know, just, uh, just up and coming, but wouldn't have made Tokyo this week. Like actually, you know, the last two days we would have been already named to the team, but who in another year where at my age, I'm, my improvements are really small and incremental, but they're making big gains still. So it could be a lot of a different type of trials next April than it would have been now. Oh, I, I, so I didn't think about that. So you don't necessarily just hold your place in line. Like next year, they would basically start the process all over again. Yeah. It, it, um, because for us, it's because we hadn't had trials yet when everything was postponed or everything blew up. So some of the sports had their trials in March, just under the wire. And oh. those spots are secure, but we had not had trials. Oh. Oh. <laughs> How are you feeling about all of this? Like I, I'm, I'm upset for you. Like I'm... yeah, <laughs> I, I wish we could have had trials and then it been postponed because our spots would have been secured. And I it, fully believe I would have made the team. I was on really good track. Everything was was right on 
right on point to make the team. So, you know, I, I fully understand all the decisions and I know that it had to be made, but sure. it's still heartbreaking and disappointing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like it can be both. Like it can, right. it can, it, it sucks and you get why. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, so, I mean, cause I was, I was reading about what you went through in Rio. And mm-hmm. so I, I just kind of put all of this together and I'm thinking, I mean, this, this is just, very frustrating. It's got to be like you just want to finish what you started. I mean, I, I you've been hanging on, you know, and that's yeah. I can't even imagine what you're going through. Yeah, I really was excited um, to go to Tokyo in a different way. Like I went into Rio really feeling the pressure because I've been performing so well, and uh, which again is another double-edged sword. But I wanted to go into Tokyo with a different mindset and just take it in a little bit more because I only had a few. Um, what I would call Paralympic moments in Rio that had nothing to do with the pool, but just like, just really experiencing the Paralympics. And I wanted to really expand on that in Tokyo and have that be my focus because I, I believe my performance would have followed rather than the opposite way. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard to, cause like, so yeah, I wanted to get in there and have a, a great time and a great performance and then have a, big bang celebration of retirement. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I didn't want to retire this way or by not making the team either one. <laughs> sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And then I would think because you're competitive that you're going to have a lot of pressure to keep your fitness up that whole time, you know, if, until next year. That, that mm-hmm. seems like a long time to keep <laughs> you keep, you keep moving that goalpost out. <laughs> yeah, we keep, you know, and we train in cycles. So I was only just days off from starting my taper for trials. So I'd already been in this in the heaviest cycle of training for almost three months. And, and every every little milestone, I was like, Oh, I never have to do that again. I never have to do oh. that again. And now oh, like, my gosh. oh, my gosh. I have to start over if I want to do it again. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. I've never been happier to not be athletic. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be so uh, like, I just picture this like carousel of emotions that you must be going through. Like, well, I don't ever have to do it again, but gosh darn it, I want to prove that I can. And then, and then it's like I, I but I really like being in shape. But oh my god, that was so much work. And yeah. <laughs> you just picture this like constant up and down. <laughs> there are even little things like our race suits are really hard to put on because they're very very tight fitting. So for most of us, particularly those of us in chairs, they take close to half an hour to get on. Oh. And uh, I was like, every every time I went to a meet this winter, getting ready for April, I was like, okay. I'm counting down the times that I have to put this race suit on. And when I get to Tokyo, that's all I could think of is like that on the, the I was going to be racing on the last, it wasn't the last day of the Paralympics, but my last race was a Friday, the I am. And I'm like, after that, I never have to put a race suit on again. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> that's, uh, that's going to, yeah, I'm really, really curious what you're going to decide. We're going to have to follow you closely so that we know how this all turns out. I I think uh, it will be hard. I think I'll take a, like, I won't make the decision until things start to resolve and I get back in the water and see how I feel. You know, maybe I'll be really strong because of all my biking that I've been able to do and the water will feel so good. I'll for sure want to continue, but I'm just going to not rush the decision so that I can make it with my heart and not with my head. (laughs) That makes sense. So what is your swimming style? Like what sort of adjustments are made 
for swimming with your condition? Uh, well, I do. Uh, I start in the water, so I don't go off the diving block. Okay. And so my for my because we compete in classifications so that we're racing people who are most like us because like, disabilities are so different in sure. inability. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm a class four for most strokes, uh, an SB3 for breaststroke. So most of the fours, uh, almost all of us are water starts. So that's the one difference. And then there are some changes in rules. Like I only have partial use of my left arm. So I only have to touch the wall with one hand, whereas in some strokes you need to touch it with both and things like that, that they've made adjustments Okay. okay. Yeah, gotcha. that's really helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and do you mind sharing what exactly happened in Rio? Uh, no, I just uh, about four days out before competition, I started to get a little like, well, I had an ear infection and then I got a frog in my throat. And um, unfortunately, many, many people got ear infections from the pool. Oh. And, and so unfortunately for me, the ear infection just traveled and you know kind of like as my ears drained it drained in me and my sinuses drained it went into my lungs and that's when I developed a chest infection and pneumonia and so the and I was in such denial because about four days out someone asked me if I was getting sick and and I don't really get sick like I'm you know pretty fit I'm pretty strong I don't tend to get a lot of colds and flus and things so I was like no I'm fine and then the next day I was like on my back in the room and I thought oh man I am definitely sick and it just kind of went down from there so my first race was the 50 butterfly and it was my best shot for making final and getting uh, a good ranking in it and I I didn't go best time and I missed finals and then it just continued I had the worst I felt was when I had 50 breaststroke which isn't my best event but you know, I still wanted to do my best in everything. Sure. <laughs> and so I raced 50 breaststroke and my coaches and the team doctor kept suggesting that I don't race it. And I was like, this may be my only Paralympic games. I don't care. You know, you can pick me up off the bottom of the pool, but I'm right. getting, in the, <laughs> getting yeah. off the block. <laughs> and uh, I only remember the first 25 of the breaststroke and it was actually the fastest 25 I'd done. But then I just couldn't hold on because my lung capacity was so bad. <sighs> and then I had my longest race, which is the 150 IM. So in my classification, we we don't do the butterfly in the IM. We just do um, backstroke, breaststroke, and freestyle. And um, that was my, you know, even on a good day, that's my most difficult race because it's the longest. It's not just a straight sprint. And uh, it was very, very hard without lungs. And then I had a two or three day break before I swam 50 free. And, uh, I managed to save things just a little bit. I had started to feel slightly better and I went just under my best time, still not enough to make a final, but at least enough to feel like I'd accomplished a little bit of what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to to be sick, even if you're feeling better and to still have one of your best times, I mean, you must've been really determined. (laughs) Yeah. I knew it was my last shot and I knew I needed to salvage something to have it still be a good experience. And so uh, I put everything I had into that last race. And with this whole thing with COVID, I mean, it just kind of, I mean, what a shocker, you know, nobody yeah. expected any of this to, to get to where it is today. So, I mean, how did you feel at the end of Rio compared to how you're feeling about this, about Tokyo not happening at all? I still feel better about Tokyo because it's very much out of my control. Sure. And, you know, I know getting sick in Rio was technically also out of my control, but it still 
it didn't feel like that in that moment. So, um, you know, this is, and this being such a a worldwide thing, it's, it's simpler to accept because we're all in the same position. Like, you know, my competition. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Not just you. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every swimmer that I know or speak to or is from any country is out of the water and is doing, going through the same, same thing. So it's a little bit easier. Are you encountering as you talk to them or encountering the same kind of thought process that you're going through? Like, will I even compete? Yeah, there are some like it's mostly the most difficult for the group of us who were retiring um, yeah. there, you know, and there there are some like I'm already married and my husband, and I chose not to have children. But there are some who are like, yeah, we were going to get we, we've been putting off our wedding because we wanted to do it after Tokyo and uh. we were going to start a family after Tokyo. and and. Again, to, to some people, one more year doesn't seem like a big deal. But when you've been putting however many years most of totally. us have into it already, it's yeah. a long time. Well, especially when you only get a bite at that apple once every four years. Right. If you decide if you were ready, but after the last one, but you're like, I'll do one more cycle. And yeah. then, like now you put, kicked it off five years. Right. Four years. So, right. yeah, totally. Yeah. And especially because the year, the Paralympic year is the hardest year anyways. Right. We have the the most competitions to get ready. We have the most training, the most pressure. So to re and to be so close and then to have to redo, it is a very mentally challenging aspect for a lot of us that we're planning to be finished. So uh, while all this is going on in your life, uh, the, the training and the Olympics and all that, do you have a, like a day job? Yeah. How does that work? Um, no, I'm fortunate. I just get to train full time. I just get to be a a jock and train. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. I mean, because I wouldn't think you would have enough time if you had a full time job to train. Yeah, a lot of Canadian athletes do have to have both, as our funding isn't that much. But I'm fortunate. I, I own a company with my husband, and I had some other income, so I haven't had to worry about it. It is very challenging. I couldn't imagine having a job and training full time. Wow. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> It was too much whenever I was training for my half marathon. So (laughs) she's like half marathon. You know what I call that? Breakfast. (laughs) I only do do short things now. I haven't done an endurance event for years. (laughs) Well, they're big events. So, (laughs) oh, that's great. So, um, okay. So, when exactly did you end up getting your Peloton? I just have the app, not the bike, of oh, course, right, because right, right. of the Dead. hand cycle. Sure. Yes. But, so I started on, let me look at my calendar, and I can tell you the date. <laughs> <laughs> in Mar- oh, so I started, it must have been March 16th oh, okay. was the first ride I did. So you're coming up on, on your first full um, month. Yeah, I'm almost a month. And uh, like I said, yeah, I'm loving it so much. Tomorrow I should hit my 50 ride because I'll do one in the morning and one in the afternoon. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I mean, I know you said you did the 47 rides in that many weeks, but I, I didn't realize that you that was this also the start date of when I thought that was just like you counted that much. I didn't realize oh, no. that was that was the my, first, my day. first day that I downloaded the app and started. From wow. there. <laughs> well, I hope you get a shout out on. Well, you won't you won't get a shout out because they're not filming live, live yeah. classes. Ah. <laughs> no live well, classes. No, I'll have to wait. <laughs> you, you'll have get to a wait shout out. My, 
hundredth or two fifty or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if they'll be doing live classes by your hundredth because that's like four days from now, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I have to get put three classes together to get my full time. So I'll do a twenty minute class for a warm up, and then a forty five minute class, and then I'll do a cool down class. <laughs> Oh my so. gosh! <laughs> yep, you'll be you'll be to a uh, hundred in no time. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll be back soon. So you said you use a hand bike, and so do they have like special stationary hand bikes, or do you, or did you have to like modify and put your, it because you said like a, a road hand yeah. bike, or how does that work? Yeah, it's my road bike. It's my racing bike from when I was in triathlon, and then they just have made a special roller for the front for the front wheel. It's a okay. little different than a trainer for a two-wheel bike, but it's very the same concept. And then I just ride with a Harray monitor and I can adjust the resistance on like the the trainer I use doesn't have resistance, but I just change my gears to make it harder. Wow. Oh yeah, I guess that's yeah. a, that's a form of resistance. It, absolutely. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. can't necessarily apples can't to apples it. it, but I think know. she's got it under control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I sh- I try and judge my um, zone by my heart rate or um, if I take a power zone class or a heart rate zone class, of course, then I can fit right in Um, (laughs) the rest of them. If they talk about levels, then I just try to work whatever I'm supposed to work that day based on my swim plan anyway. So, Wow. Well, that is awesome. Do you uh, feel comfortable sharing your leaderboard name and how you came up with it? Yeah, I'm just Paralympian TJ. (laughs) And it's just uh, simply because I'm a Paralympian and then TJ is my initials and so yeah, that's my name. That's awesome. <laughs> Super simple. Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll pick up some followers if you want them. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, I, I would love them. Any, I have any, no uh, doubt. Support and high fives, even if you know. I know we're riding on demand classes, but there's still that little piece that tells you who's riding during that same time. So to me, it's the same. Exactly. And I guarantee you people are going to be like, "How do I stack up against <laughs> a, a Paralympian who's?" Amazing. I mean, oh my gosh, you're going to smoke everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you're fairly new to the world of Peloton, but you're obviously not new to the world of athletics. So, uh, but do you have any advice for people that are just starting their Peloton journey? It's kind of the same advice that I give when I do speaking presentations. And I think there's a lot of expectation of once we start something that everything has to be raw, raw, happy, positive, wonderful. And there are still, there are going to be days where the bike is great. There are going to be days where it's not great, but you still do it regardless. And, and I think it's important to let the bad days be bad days. And I think during this difficult time too, I think people need to know that, yes, there's lots of, you know, we need to keep our quality of life up and do what we can do to stay motivated and stay happy. But you know, if there's a day where you're just going to be on the couch or stay in bed for a couple of hours, that's okay too. It just can't, just try not to let it extend into more days. Just have that day and then move on. That's great advice. Yeah, because I mean, we'll say so many people like it's, you know, they let something just you have that one. I always think about it in terms of like if I'm trying to like eat appropriately. Yeah, you know? I was gonna say if you're trying not to eat ten donuts, only one. Right. Yeah. And you have like five donuts, and you're like, well, might as well have five more now. And it's like, no, no, you shouldn't. But, but but how but how do you take that advice and like also make sure that you're getting the proper rest? Because I feel like I feel like I'm pretty comfortable at this point in my journey because I'm not trying to be an Olympian. But whenever I first started working out all the time, I felt so guilty when I would take a rest day. How 
So how do you balance that? Because like you said, there's going to be days you don't feel like it. And how do you tell the difference between a day you don't feel like it because your body needs a rest or just because you just are just kind of blah in a blah place? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I, I think you learn the difference about your body as you go through and as you train, you learn whether you're just being whiny and pouty and don't want to do it or genuinely need a day. <laughs> and, uh, and so those differences come in, but as athletes and, um, whether you're high level or not, you really, it's, it can be very hard to embrace the rest. And that's the hardest part for me. I, I would be more likely to overtrain every day than to under train, but embracing the rest and looking forward to it and, you know, scheduling it and planning it and then planning something exciting for that rest time. And, uh, so like, for example, yesterday I, I had planned to ride twice and I was just tired. I'd had, I've been doing a lot of different zoom calls and business calls and all this stuff. And my husband's still working, but he'd been around a little bit too much and my dog needed me <laughs> a bit too much. And I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm tired. Like I've been working hard. I haven't been slacking. I'm going to lay on the couch with my dog and watch a movie and And then when I made the decision, I fully embraced it. But then I was like, okay, but Friday, you're back to doubles on the bike because today I did a bike and a weight session. So Friday, you know, tomorrow back to doubles. And so it's just taking those breaks and embracing them, but just not letting them be too common (laughs) or more common. That's, That's really good advice. Very helpful. Absolutely. So I guess before we go, where can people find you on the interwebs if you would like to be found? Okay. Um, mostly I'm on Twitter at TJ underscore Cunnington. And I also have my own webpage. That's uh, TammyCunnington.com. And I'm just been, just got that up and going in the last while to continue to build my, my speaking business. That's what I uh, love to do next to sports is to share my story and try and share some funny stories of the path that brought me here as well as emotional stories. And just to hopefully bring some brightness to people that way. So those are the two main ways you can get in touch with me. Okay. And I'm going to throw you a curveball. Just real quick, mm-hmm. what's your favorite funny story? Um, well, the story that I share the most often is um, about like, I've been in a chair now going on 38 years. And so most of the time, it's just second nature. Nothing really happens. Nothing goes wrong. But a few couple of years ago, I was at Costco and it was snowy and miserable and icy on the ground. And I fell getting out of my vehicle and I was so mad and I had to take my own advice and just like feel the feelings and accept the moment. And I sat in the snow and cried a little bit (laughs) and just like in the, in the middle of the Costco parking lot. And then, uh, I finally was like, well, fuck it. I still have to get up and go to Costco. And so uh, (laughs) I dragged myself up, you know, brushed the snow off and went and got the food that I needed to fuel the training that I was doing at that time. So you're uh, awesome. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a fabulous you. story. Mm-hmm. I am totally the person to sit in the middle of the Costco parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, so many people are like, Oh, just get up and go. And, but I was like, no, I'm just going to be pissed off and frustrated for a few minutes and then I'll get back up. <laughs> You've earned it. Yeah. You've earned it. You have. <laughs> and and here, here's, here's, my, here's my takeaway. Here's my, glass half full kind of <laughs> kind of mentality so yes that sucks but it could have been worse you could have been at a sam's 
<laughs> do they even have Sam's in Canada? That no, joke we, might uh, make no sense to her. East, but not where I live. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sam's is the Walmart version of Costco. Yeah, so. and they're, oh, okay. they're not as uh, they're not as nice and bright and happy yeah. as Costco. So they're definitely a lot more of a warehouse vibe. Yeah. So I okay. love Costco. Yes. I, like, I talk about Costco the way other people talk about their religion. I'm like, yeah. Have you heard the good news? He's he's super into Costco. He's into Costco almost as much as I'm into Peloton. Yeah, I love love yeah. me some Costco. <laughs> There's a lot of oversized junk food at Costco for yes, you. Yes, there is. Oh man, those salted caramel things that oh. they have. The, those are like crack. Oh man. And then they have like the pretzel crisps, which I like, but then they had chocolate covered pretzel crisps. Oh, I've not seen those. And then at Christmas time, they have like like peppermint ones, peppermint candy cane covered pretzel crisps. Those are delightful. You need to get on the bike. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look at the time. Thanks. uh... (laughs) Well, um, I like I said, I'm going to be following closely to see what decision you make, and uh, maybe you could come back on the show and tell us whatever you decide. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to get some updates. That would be awesome. I'd love that. Uh, that would be cool. And uh, either way, then, you know, if you decide not to go, we can hear all the decision why. And if you do go, you can come back and tell us about how it was. That sounds great. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. And you be safe and healthy. And uh, we will be in touch and let you know when everything's going to post. Sounds great. Take care, guys. You, you too. Bye bye. 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 So I guess that brings another one to a close. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? I am so excited about this one. This this might be one of my favorite conversations to watch that I've ever had. <laughs> and that is you and Brandy Posey, who is a comedian, talking about comedy. Going toe-to-toe. And uh, guys, you... You just you need to make sure you tune. In. I got to nerd out. Oh, there was so much, but in a good way. Like yeah. you're going to learn a lot, and it's not going to be boring. I swear, it's absolutely fascinating, guys. Some of the weird stuff Tom does, she does too. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought it was just Tom. Like you got to listen. You got to listen. So, uh, well, I guess that's what they can uh, can brace themselves for. Until then, where can people find you? Uh. They can find you on the bike at Clip Up Crystal because you have a migraine. <laughs> I do. Uh, the bike, the tread, Instagram, Twitter, all at Clip Out Crystal. And if you want to find me on Facebook, I'm there at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online, facebook.com slash The Clip Out. While you're there, like the page, join the group, and of course, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling. And running. Running.